Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. Once again, appreciate you taking the time to tune in. And for the people that uh, have written in, especially for these podcasts, uh, have written in um, some questions. And for the people that donated, thank you very, uh, thank you very much. Very much appreciated. These podcasts are a little bit different. For, first, for the, the people that are watching this on YouTube, yeah, you can actually see me. And uh, I think that's a little bit different and something that we wanted to try. We have a, a lot of people on YouTube. And so we thought, yeah, heck, yeah, let's, uh, let's just record this uh, with video and uh, give everybody uh, something to take a look at. So there you go. And the, this podcast, uh, I'm doing an intro to this one because there's, there's quite a bit uh, to the next podcast that we're going to uh, be working on. And these podcasts, especially these next ones, are all geared to the questions people have written in, and we have a whole bunch of them. And I wanted to, instead of just sort of rapid fire, short answers, I wanted to kind of go into depth with uh, each one as much as, I, as much as I could. So that's what you're going to see with the podcast for a little bit. And uh, now that we're all sort of in lockdown and have some time, uh, you, can, uh, you can go through and, uh, and listen to them as well. So that's a little bit of some of the themes that we've got going on with, with um, some of these questions are, you know, what can we be doing uh, when uh, we're sort of in lockdown? So, so this podcast tackles four questions uh, out, of, out of many, uh, but we, we tackled four questions um, uh, for everyone. And the questions are, are, what does a plan look like for the average track day rider? And we, we actually broke this down a little bit further, which is uh, what's it look like for a new rider? And then what's it look like for somebody that's been doing track days or even, even racing for a while? So we broke that one down um, quite, a bit, quite a bit further. And even though there's a gazillion things that we could have um, tackled on that one, we sort of hit some of the high points, especially for new riders and uh, the experienced riders. And then the second question, we, we looked at tires, which is, um, we get a lot of questions on this, which is, um, I fell down, um, it's because my tires suck, uh, I'm gonna go to slicks. Okay, so let's look at the reasons why we crash, and we, we talk about that. And then we also talked uh, about, what are some of the parameters that you can start to build into your program for when you wanna upgrade, uh, upgrade your tire? So we, we get into that. And then we dive pretty deep into the physical, um, physical conditioning. And one, we, you know, we talk about being a complete athlete, but we spend a lot more time giving you some, some concrete numbers of what you can do on your physical conditioning and what does that look like. At least you have something that you can build on. So um, some great information there. And then the last thing we, we touched on, and the last question is, you know, what can we do in these crazy times? What can we do at home? Um, to be working on our sport, working, working on our, in our garage, things, things along those lines. So those are the four questions that we really tackled. And uh, I, hope you, uh, I hope you enjoy the, uh, the podcast. Podcast. I have Richard Morse with me as well. Richard has been handling um, a lot of the, the podcast stuff that I've been doing as well as handling Track Times uh, social media. So Richard's been good enough to... Um, to join this and he's going to feed me a bunch of questions and let's dive into uh, uh to this podcast which is which is and i haven't seen i don't know what these questions are so this ought to be interesting so we're just going to throw these out there and i'm going to start answering questions well yeah thanks ken uh we uh did two sundays the past two sundays of instagram live yeah. uh, q a's live q a's they were a lot of fun so yeah, this is, uh, this is a good platform to, uh, it'll sound redundant to us. We've, a lot of these questions we've, we've done over the last uh, two weeks, but this will be a, 
a permanent home for, uh, for some great questions. Awesome. So uh, question number one, we'll go with this one. Uh, so when you go to buy groceries, you have a plan. When you go to the gym, you have a plan. When you go to a track day, what does a plan look like? And I'll give it some context. So let's answer that for a, a new track day rider. And then after that, let's answer it for someone who's in advance, but maybe they're plateaued. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <clears throat> wow. I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot to that question. Um, and so to start off with that, you're, you're spot on, right? Yeah, you go to the store, you typically have a shopping list or you have things that you know that you're going to go buy, right? That, that, you, that, that you, you have something that's um, proactive that you're, that you're going to do. And uh, it's the same thing that when we look at uh, going to the track. For new riders, it can, it can be a lot, whether maybe they've never been to the track. So everything is new. The, the experience of unloading their bike, the experience of going through registration and the, you know, going through tech and what are the tech requirements and then the riders meeting and all this stuff going on. And it's quite honestly, it's, it's incredibly intimidating. It, I mean, it's, it, is, it is nerve wracking. So I think we need to separate a couple things there. One, you know, I, I think is setting expectations for somebody new going through that experience for the first time is getting through the experience. Just, you know, getting through the day, getting through the day successfully is really what the expectation is about. And absolutely don't be afraid to ask for help, whether, you know, and, and hopefully it's before the day, whether you reach out on some of the forums or, or maybe some of the writing clubs, ask the buddy up with somebody to help, to help them take you through this um, very nerve wracking environment. And again, the thing about this environment, it's different. It's not, it's not going to your first softball game, right? I mean, it's, it's going to go do something that has consequences. And so doing everything that you can to, um, to mitigate that and mitigate those, mitigate, um, some of the nervousness will be a big deal. So for the new rider, separate all the infrastructure and logistical parts from the riding parts, right? So make sure that you, you're spending the time to you know, get there, get set up, go through tech, go through registration, allow yourself plenty of time because suddenly you'll find yourself running out of time. Oh my God, I want to ride. And again, it is incredibly nerve wracking. So I think that's one part of it to, um, to set aside is, is be prepared for all of that to happen. And then the second part on the riding, you know, the riding part, I, I think if, if, if we take it as and let's work, you're going to want to work on everything all at once, right? And you're, you're trying to get used to the track and you're trying to do all these things. And I would say for the new rider is let's get used to our new environment. Let's get used to our new road first, which is let's take a look at the, let's take a look at the track. Let's look at the dynamics of the track. Let's, you know, it's not like the street or potentially you have maybe a lot of 90 degree corners. You, you get all these different things, all these different corners are happening. So start to read the environment first, get used to, get used to um, the dynamics of what each corner offers, whether it's an entry corner, exit corner, or balance corner, work on exit direction. You can, then you can start, as you start working on good bike placement, then you can start bringing some of the other skills into play. So there's a lot there, but for a newer rider, realize that the that the initial experience of being there is incredibly overwhelming. That's okay, ask for help. And then same thing when you get there or when you go to go ride, it's also overwhelming. Don't be afraid to ask for an instructor. Don't be afraid to ask for somebody to 
show you some of the lines as long as they're competent in being able to do that and get you used to that new environment. Because again, it's not like it's not like some of the other sports where we don't have a lot of consequences. So I think for the newer rider, we can start with that. And then for somebody that's been to the track a bunch, yeah, I, I think, you know, this is something, you know, obviously I get to ride a lot at the track. And, and I mean, it's something I still ask myself is what's holding me back from meeting the goals that, that I want, which is, okay, if I want to get quicker, great. But maybe I'm working on something that's not necessarily quicker, but it's just something that um, is more precise, whether it's um, something I'm going to work on with my, say, um, my body position, like with, with core strength, or maybe it's something that I want to be able to move my eyes quicker, or maybe it's um, uh, how I pick up the throttle. So I'm, I'm going to ask myself what's holding me back from meeting the goals that I, want, that, that I, that I have, and then I'm going to focus on those things. But, but, <laughs> but first, when I go to ride for that day, I still have to check the boxes off for everything else. Meaning my first session, I'm still working on my bike placement. And then the first session might be bike placement. It might be um, picking up all of my reference points. It might be how am I working on my initial and end of controls. Um, I'm making sure that my turn in points turn and rate, match the corner radius, match my exit, and then I can start to look at some body things. So there's always something to be working on. So if you feel like, ah, nah, no big deal. Yeah, there's always something to be working on. So for the people that have been to the track, have been there a while, okay, what, you're going to have a goal. What's, what's holding you back from meeting that goal? And then they can work into it. Cool. So definitely a warm-up is part of the plan. Um, yeah, let's talk, let's actually, let's linger here for a second. Um, yes, a warm up is part of the plan. And I, and then for whatever reason in our sport, um, we don't warm up, um, we should warm up, but we don't warm up and you look at any other sports and right, you know, baseball has warm ups, football, all these do, you know, all, every sport has got some sort of a warm up, but no, we go out, we jump on our bikes and we expect to be at the lap, our lap record on the second lap, right? It just, it just does not make sense, right? And here, you know, we're taking a 400 or whatever pound motorcycle and, and hurtling it through the, through space and, and trying to do all these things. So yeah, warm ups are incredibly important, whether it's before you get on the bike, getting your heart rate up a little bit. I think the two things that make the biggest difference on warming up is actually warming up your eyes and warming up your motor controls. So it's very difficult to find precision when you're at pace, it's very, very difficult to do that. So finding that before you get on your bike and, and I'll simply, it's like, if, if I go, if I go to roll out in the hot pits, I've, I may have done some things on my bike before I, I got on it, which is I'll feel the brakes. Um, the bike might be idling and I might um, add some throttle, but I'll add, I'll add some throttle movements very deliberately and smoothly. Same thing with the brake as I roll out the hot pit how I go to the brake, how I release the brake, I'll build some brake pressure. If I'm at a day where I can run some brake drills, I'll absolutely go do some brake drills before I go out on track. So yeah, I'm doing some warm-ups before I go out there. Good. Uh, second one is a, uh, a great question and uh, I think a very common one. Uh, an intermediate pace rider has crashed, decides to blame his or her tires, should they rush out and switch to slicks? Will they serve as added insurance? Um, so, 
Yeah, the short answer to that is no. So, okay, let's, let's, let's look at the, you know, there's, there's, there's five reasons why we crash. So let's kind of go through those pretty quickly. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to realize that, yes, there are, there are reasons why um, you, the person riding the motorcycle crash, and yes, there are things that are out of your control that you can fall down as well, whether it's a mechanical issue or another rider does something that maybe, that maybe um, takes you out. So yeah, there are some things uh, that are out of your control, but the things that are in your control, right? Lack of focus, uh, lack of a plan, abrupt inputs, abrupt inputs, um, rushing, uh, rushing direction, right? Making sure that, that, that we're not, um, you know, trying to get the bike, rush the thing into the corner and not respect where the bike needs to be slowed and pointed, repeating a mistake and overconfidence. So I, I think um, my personal belief is um, uh, cold tires or worn out tires um, that falls, that falls within the, <laughs> within those five. I don't make, I don't make a separate category for it. Um, if it's, if, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, that's just part of the whole lack of focus or even an overconfidence type of an issue. So realizing that, yeah, slicks for an intermediate rider, you know, some of it really depends on, um, the track and the temperature, the environment as well, because slicks take, um, you know, when slicks are, you know, on tire warmers, your bikes on your stands and they're all nice and hot and sticky and you've had them on warmers for an hour and life is great. You pull them off warmers and you sit on a hot pit for, for 15 minutes and it's 55 degrees out. Well, now your tires cooled off. Your pressure's not at what it was when you actually had them on the, on the tire warmers. So they have to get temperature back into them. The carcass has to be flexed and you're actually going to have a lot less grip. So, you know, with slicks, I think you have to look at it as that you have to understand that they need force and temperature to be operated properly. That's why they're designed that way. So it can also mask a lot of issues. Yeah, you know, so just, just to kind of give some context to this is, you know, I ride street tires a lot. I ride Dunlop Q3 Pluses. I'm such a big fan of them. Um, when we do training, we train our riders with the Dunlop Q3 Pluses. Um, they're just a consistent tire um, and you can go really quick on them. And the way that we look at that is you know, when we start to think about whatever the, the lap record is for your bike, you should be able to be within say 10 seconds of the lap record for your bike on, on a street type of a tire. And that should be okay, right? You should, you should be able to be, the, the tire is going to have enough grip to be able to do that. When you start getting below that sort of 10 second range, then yeah, you can start maybe looking at something. So if you're going to a track and you're, and you're 20 seconds off your bike's um, lap record and you're wanting to put slicks on, I don't, I don't think that's a good move. I mean, I think that you can stick with something that, that um, warms up quicker. Street tires are gonna warm up quicker. Um, they're gonna last longer. That it just, it just takes some less brain space. So, for the intermediate rider, and, and to answer your question, we'll kind of bring it back is, yeah, for that intermediate rider, one is realize that we don't want to blame the tires for the crash because it's the person riding the bike that's ultimately it. And the second one is that we can start to look at added grip when you start to get within sort of that 10 seconds of the lap record for, for your, bike's, um, your bike's class. And I think that's one good way to look at it. Um, otherwise, there's times where, where 
say a, a slick is not as good as a street tire. I think I've got a good, I actually, I think there's a, there's a good podcast we have on that with, um, uh, with um, Tom Grohlman uh, from Dunlop. Uh, Tom uh, designs the tires for, for Dunlop here in the U.S. And he actually, we, we go into pretty big depth on that, uh, on that podcast. So um, we can take a look at that one. I don't have the number. I see you're looking it up, but I don't have the number on that one. I think it's 70. Uh, 68. 68. Yep. Podcast, 68. podcast number 68. And yep. reasons why you crash is podcast 42. There you go. Good. All right. Check that one out too. Uh, we can move on to another one. Um, and this is one that you've, uh, we've definitely exhausted over the last two Sundays. Let's do it here. Um, a lot of questions on physical conditioning, uh, the importance on becoming a complete athlete. So how important is it? Uh, why is it so important? And are there different verticals of conditioning that are more advantageous than others for riding a motorcycle? And I guess, you know what, let's throw some talking points on nutrition in there if you have experience with that and Moto America riders, if, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so let's, let's, um, let me start, let me start wide and bring it in. When, when we look at our sport, First thing, notice what I said. It's a sport, right? This is an athletic endeavor. So start thinking of yourself as an athlete. And, okay, great. So when we look at athletics, what are the three elements that make up an athlete? And the first one is your technique and your, or your craft, right? What you do. Second one is your physical fitness. And the third one is your mental fitness. All three of those have to be looped together. All three of those have to work together. So your technique and your craft is something that we're, we're trying to always work on and we're trying to always improve. Um, that's just something that, that, that we're you know, always trying to get better at it. And fit being, let's take physical fitness. The, the, the more physically fit you are, the longer you can access your technique. So if you don't have good physical fitness or if you don't have physical fitness that's sufficient for what you're trying to do on your motorcycle, as soon as your physical fitness drops, well, what drops then is your focus, right? You're tired and suddenly, you know, all these different things are going on. Well, if your focus drops, your technique drops. And then, oh, I start to get sloppy and all those different things. So the fitter you are, the longer you can access your technique. The mental fitness. The mental fitness part is simply being more mentally fit so you can access your technique on demand. Thinking about it this way, right? If you're, you're going out for a session or um, you're going out for a road ride, get everything's going on, and then you look at your cell phone and you just got a crowdy email from something at work or you know something's going on. And then now because your focus is on that, it's taken away from the focus of your task at hand, right? It's taken away from what you're something that you're going to go do. So you've blocked your access to that. Same thing whether um, you know, there's something else going on in your life that, that, that your, your, um, your ability to think about what you're, going to, what you're going to go do gets blocked. So we want to work on our mental fitness. And the thing that we've worked so much on, I would say the last two or three years on the mental part, it starts with um, compartmentalizing your outside world from your motorcycle world. <laughs> Because there's so many things, right? We're in this on-demand society. Everything, well, we need everything, information now. You need to be online all the time. Well, you're going to go do something fairly dangerous for 15 or 20 minutes, or you're going to go race, or you're going to spend a day. 
And you've got to have your full attention on your task at hand. So separating your non-motorcycle world from your motorcycle world so you can go accomplish that is, is what we're after. And we simply have just a, an initial focus trigger to make that happen. Um, so getting something that turns your focus on as well as ref, a refocus trigger when you're out on track. So I think that starts, that's this, that just starts this conversation. So then to answer your question about some of the things, what can we do? Okay, great, what can we do? And now we're in a really good position. Like now today, I just got back from a three hour bicycle ride today. Um, I did my PT this morning, I did my stretching, I did some mental fitness stuff um, as well this morning, which was simply um, visualizing, I actually was visualizing some laps, so some things that I wanna work on in my own riding. So I spent probably 15 minutes doing that today. So when it comes to, um, um, let's look at the physical fitness part first, because that's what everybody's sort of wanting to jump to. The way that we'll look at that is if you're going to go to a track day and you're going to do, go do seven 20 minute sessions, we want to start building up some cardio so you don't run out of energy on the sixth set on the sixth session. So if we're doing 20 minute sessions, we want to build up a good kind of a good cardio base. The way that I look at it is I want to take whatever my sessions are and double it. So I want to have a good cardio base for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Meaning, you know, you, could, you can go and do these, these cardio base where you can, if you look at your different heart rate levels, and I'm not going to get into that, that part of the physical fitness, but if we got into, say, um, and a middle to lower aerobic um, heart rate, um, that you can sustain that for 40 minutes without having your heart rate rise. So you can, you can do that, no problem. Um, and that's where we would start something like that. And as we got you know, our cardio base going on that, then we would add some shorter intervals um, uh, to that to, to get things going. Do you have a question, Richard? Nope. Okay, good. I saw, so no worries. So then, so we would start our cardio base on that. So like the Moto America guys, for instance, they're doing 40, 45-minute sessions or hour sessions. Superbike guys do hour sessions. They need to have two hours of cardio base in it. So I want them to be able to, as a good sort of rule of thumb, is we're going to double whatever their, their sessions are, and that allows some cardio base that, uh, that goes along in there. And I think that's a good starting point to at least get the conversation started with them, with, with you, and where you're at in your fitness. Um, so I think cardio-wise, that, that helps a bunch. Strength training, a lot of things that we can do in strength training, it's core stuff, right? We don't need, we don't need to be lifting big weights. Um, if you want to do that, that's great, but we don't need that for our sport. Instead, we're, we're looking at things um, basically sort of uh, shoulders down, um, where especially from um, quads, glutes, um, um, anything in our core, um, uh, even, even shoulders and neck for breaking uh, helps a ton. And believe it or not, ankle strength is a is an ankle flexibility and ankle strength helps a ton because we're going to have our ankles flexed up, uh, and that's what helps engage our core. So some basic strength training in that area makes a big difference. Um, on the mental fitness side, it starts with compartmentalizing your outside world to your inside to your motorcycle world, and then you can spend some time doing some visualization as well. I'm a big fan of yoga. Um, I, I I just I'm, I'm I, I really like how it forces you to put your cell phone down for 90 minutes, go do this stuff. And um, I'm just a big, I'm a big fan of that. 
And then the last part of that, even though we sort of mentioned it, is still working on the technique and craft. It just never, I don't care if you're driving your car, riding your bicycle, there's always something that you can be working on um, in your, on that point. You can sit on your motorcycle in the garage, sit on your motorcycle in the garage, and work on your initial brakes, and you can work on your core as you, you know, turn into a corner. So there's always something to work on. I'm going to tag a question onto that as well that I just thought of as you were speaking. So if you look at MotoGP, most of those guys are of the same body type. Um, you know, you had an extreme with, uh, with uh, Pedrosa was very short. Uh, Danilo Petrucci is a bigger guy. And then back in the, maybe 15 years ago, Ruben Zaus is really, is really tall. Um, but is there an ideal height or body type weight that, is, that you have seen is more advantageous then, you know, are, are someone really tall at a is disadvantage? That, is, that your, is, that your, is that your question or a question? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just tagging it on because it has to do with, but yeah, I'm, I'm obviously yeah. a total rider. Yeah, because you and Pedrosa are about the same height, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there literally is a foot, is there more than a foot difference? There has yeah, to be more than a foot difference. He's 5'2", I'm 6'3", so. Okay, yeah, so there's more than a foot difference. Okay, so a couple things on that. Um, wherever you are, so for the audience, wherever you are, whatever body size you are, composition, height, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can ride and you can do great. So we've got a really great way of looking at the ergonomics, how you sit on the bike, and that's why ergonomics are adjustable, so we can adjust them to your deal. That's also why in MotoGP, most of the ergonomics on those bikes are completely custom ergonomics to each and individual rider. Um, so yeah, custom gas tanks, clip-ons, rear sets, all that stuff is, is customized. So, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the trend is, the trend is for smaller riders. Um, um, I know from working with some Moto3 and Moto2 riders that were over certain height and weights, they weren't going to be considered. And I know that's harsh, but that's the way it is. They could continue to ride on a team if they were going to fund it, but as far as being chosen to be, you know, the, the, one of the aliens or, you know, in that group, yeah, no, there's, I hate to say it, there's, yeah, there's a certain size that, that these, that these riders need to be. Um, and that's, that is just the way it is. So yeah, it is, it is tough, but that for us, mere more, us regular people doesn't matter. And one, one other, one other side note on that is you also, we're looking at the difference between prototype motorcycles versus production bikes. Um, there's the way some of the ergonomics is, is very, very different. The forces in the bike are very, very different. Um, so when you start looking at prototypes versus production motorcycles. So there is some variance there. That's why in World Superbike, typically you'll see bigger guys in World Superbike because um, those bikes are more suited to that. Cool. Um, that's 26 minutes. I can do one or two more questions. What do you Holy want? Holy crap, I talk a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, do, uh, let's do one more. Okay, one more. Um, what are three things we can be doing today to stay positive about riding when many of us don't know with 100% certainty when we'll get on the track next? Yeah, it's nuts. It is nuts. Yeah, so there's so much you can do. There's so much, and this is one thing that we need to, um, this is also one thing that we need to think about that we and look at our sport differently with. Because typically, just think about it. If, if you were a football player, would you think the only way that you could get better at football is if you were playing a game? So in other words, you just didn't, you didn't practice, you didn't warm up, you just ready, let's play a game. Well, right, it's very, it's very difficult 
to, to get better when you're, when you're doing that. So what do they do in football or any of these, any sports, right? It's away from the track, whether they're looking at films or videos or studying plays or, or um, you know, working on a specific um, technique. All of that is broken down. That's exactly how we need to be looking at our sport as well. So a few things that we can do that you can do in this, in this offline. So here, I'm giving you permission to watch motorcycle racing. So yeah, you absolutely can watch motorcycle racing. You can start to look at some of the best riders in the world are doing. Um, you can also, for your own benefit, the tracks that you're at, you can start, pull out a track map. Find out what it, draw out an exit corner, draw out an entry corner, balance corner. What are the vital points? What are the slow points of the corners? I mean, and then do that for the tracks that you normally would ride on. And then how about this? Do it for tracks you don't ride on and see if you can get, get going on that. You can simply sit on your bike in your garage and you can listen to one of the podcasts that I had on ergonomics. How are you sitting on your bike? Does that match what's, what's going on in your bike? Or, um, you, can, you can mess with your initial braking. You can mess with your end of braking, your initial throttle. How you sit up, sit up, you can do literally all three steps of body position you can do in the garage, as long as the bike's on good sturdy stands. So there's, there's so many different things. And again, the physical fitness, the mental fitness, you can practice braking drills on your bicycle up and down your street. There's so many different things that you can, that you can do. Um, I would say one other, one other thing that we can do is let's take this time. Let's take this time instead of, instead of getting on the internet, like we all do and Trust me, I'm guilty of this as well. So don't, don't think I'm not guilty of this you know, comparing every, you know, aftermarket um, exhaust pipe for your bike, right? Comparing each one. How about, it's so easy to do that and geek out on those things, but think about, okay, how about some other things? What does your time and money budget look like? And I know that's, that's, that's kind of like, oh crap, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, you need to talk about that. What does your time and money bu budget um, look at, look like? Create a training plan for all three of these, these elements, right? Create something, even if it's five minutes a day. Oh my gosh, you can get five minutes, in five minutes a day with all three of these things, one of these, one of them would be amazing. So create a training plan and get that, get that going. Take a look at what your infrastructure um, looks like, right? Your infrastructure and your equipment. Um, do you have everything that you need? What's your toolbox look like? Do you have the right tires? Your, you know, oh, my tire warmers, I've been meaning to send those off. Well, let's get them done, right? Let's get that done. What about it? You know, look at everything that you have for all of your infrastructure and your equipment to support it so you don't have to worry about it when you, when you get there. And same thing with even with your logistics, right? So your truck, your van, your trailer, your buddy's, you know, whatever, um, toy hauler. So get all those things done now so you don't have to worry about it um, later. And I think, I think that's, that's probably a good, it's probably a pretty good start right now. It's good therapy. Yeah, exactly. And it's permission. It's permission to go out in the garage. I, I, I like spending time out in the garage. I, you know, yes, I'm, of course I'm, I'm when it comes to writing and, and, and um, you know, writing technique, I am of course fairly uncompromising, but yeah, I, I want to geek out on stuff and, um, I do do it with other things, whether it's on my bicycles or whatever it is, but yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm also a gearhead and I want to spend time in the garage as well. So no doubt. 
Cool. And that is uh, all right. So I know how many else for you. So, okay. So how many questions did we have? Uh, we, well, we didn't answer the ones I've made in the list for today. Uh, one, two, three, we did not answer. But we have a lot more. Oh, there. we have a lot more. Yeah. I just, I, okay. I shortlisted some. Well, that's okay. That's great. We'll get this one going and uh, we'll get this one. Uh, we'll get this one out there and then uh, we'll get another, we'll get another one. Um, uh, another one out uh, lit up and um, we answer some more questions, but yeah, thanks everyone for, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I know it's different being able to, to see me for the YouTube people, uh, for the people that are just hearing the audio of this. Um, this is going to be released just as a regular podcast as well. And again, I, I um, appreciate everyone taking the time to, um, to tune in and the people that are written in and uh, the donations as well is fantastic. And yeah, sorry, still no intro music. Uh, not not going to happen. No, we're just going to cut right to it and um, get everything going for you. So, all right. Great, everybody. Thank you very much.